You're listening to Artistic Finance, show 120. Today, we get an update on the Artistic Finance 6K, the $6,000 of investments we made in May of 2021. Now, we're joined by a bond investment CEO, a data analyst, and three lighting designers to review how our investments compare to the S&P 500. In addition, our guests have purchased $1,000 investments of their own to see how they fare against me and the market. It's not a competition, but we'll see who's winning. I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we had recording it. Without further ado, let's get to the show. You're listening to Artistic Finance Podcast, where your host, Ethan Steimel, interviews successful artists, leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire artists to grow their wealth. Welcome and thank you for listening. I'm Ethan Steimel coming out of New York City, and today I welcome back my superstar armchair investor panel, the CEO of the bond investing app Liquidify, joining us from Denver, Maitre Gopala Christian. Welcome, Maitre. Thanks, Ethan. It's great to be back. Uh, we're joined by lighting designer and project manager joining us from Los Angeles, Ebony Madri. Now, Ebony is stuck in traffic right now, so I don't know if we have her. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, I'm here, very much living the LA life. And next, we have a leader in data and analytics at Worldwide Wickets Financial, joining from St. Louis, Katie Berman. Hello, happy to be back. And today, we have a new investor, multidisciplinary designer, Amy Deluxe, joining us from Oakland, California. Welcome, Amy. Hi, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Amy, I got the episodes mixed up. So actually, this is going to be your first appearance on Artistic Finance. So everyone, if you enjoy Amy, tune in next time because she'll be back next week. <laughs> All right, so we're recording this on November 1st, 2022. And just so everybody knows, this is going to release on Monday, November 7th. Maitre, what is the news over in Colorado today? The Denver Broncos um, actually won a game last weekend, which is kind of a miracle for how this year's been going. And it was in London, so that's cool. It was in, oh, that's cool. Yeah, they have one game a year that's in London, so. Amazing. Also, Maitre, since you were here last, you got married. I did. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Congrats. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of months with wedding and honeymoon and all of that, but um, we're really happy, so. Thank you. All right, Ebony, don't answer if you're driving too much, but uh, what is the news over in Los Angeles today? <laughs> Outside of traffic being very terrible, honestly, I don't know much about like local news that's happening. It's been, uh, I know um, things are picking up like entertainment wise, lots and lots of work. So that part has been awesome, I know, for lots of folks, but uh, news, news. I'm not sure, actually. Classic entertainment worker answer of, I have no idea what's going on because I'm just working. <laughs> um, all right, Katie, what's going on in Missouri? So I, unfortunately, the biggest news that I can think of is last week we had a school shooting, unfortunately, here in St. Louis. So that has been the biggest news topic of the last week or so. I, I was in a theater in New York City. And of course, I was working with somebody that's also from Missouri. And they were like, oh, school shooting. And then like 10 minutes later, I get all these texts and stuff like mentioning it again. And I'm like, ah, oh, terrible. 
fortunately for us, I guess it's nowhere near us, but I did have some coworkers and stuff that their their kids' schools were on lockdown because they were nearby, which was really scary. But no one I know was hurt or affected. But of course, it's always a tragedy. So yeah, yeah. All right, Amy, what's the news over in Oakland? My news is national news. We're all getting ready to vote. Tomorrow's uh, election day. Get out there and vote if you haven't already. Yes, love it. I can always rely on Amy for the voting. <laughs> um, all right. And the only news that I'm following is that LDI is coming up November 18th is when we're doing our live recording at 1130 a.m. in Las Vegas. And for the second year in the row, it is the hottest ticket at LDI. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, if you want to attend, but you're not in the entertainment industry, that's totally cool. You're totally allowed to. And we'd love to have you there. But you do have to get a ticket to the show. We have tickets available for free for anybody if you use code PODCAST22. So if you just happen to be in Las Vegas on November 18th at 1130 a.m., Please use that code and come <laughs> come to our session. Um, and Ebony was our guest last year at LDI, but she's not going to be there. I'm so bummed. I'm so bummed about it. I I tried so hard. But don't worry, we already have her booked for 2023. Yeah, I was like, I am going to put this in my calendar right now. <laughs> so that year will pass quickly. But for this year, don't be disappointed because. Our newest investor, Amy D. Lux, is going to be there instead. Amy, looking forward to it. I am too. Big shoes to fill for Ebony, but I'll do my best. And uh, just for the record, we also have Marcia Stern, lighting designer, and uh, Jen Schriever, lighting designer, who are also going to be on that panel. Um, so I hope to see everybody there. All right. So now for today, thank you all for being here. Can somebody give me a disclaimer? Oh, Katie, you like to give disclaimers. <laughs> I do very much. I will say none of us here are financial professionals. And so you should not interpret anything that we are saying today as personal advice. You should be seeking a professional from a financial perspective if you seek to make any financial decisions. All right. So this is our quarterly update 2.2, which is mean it's our second quarter in the year two that we've been running this experiment. And uh, we're going to find out what the investments that I chose for artistic finance are doing, if they're outperforming or underperforming in the market. And we're going to find out what the investments that our panelists have chosen are doing, including two new investments because we have Ebony and Amy here for the first time. So we don't know what their investments are, but we're going to find out today. And just to bring everybody up to speed. So in May of 2021, we purchased six $1,000 investments and we've reviewed those every quarter, once every three months. And here we're 18 months later from when we acquired them. And to save everybody time from going back to listen to the previous quarterly updates, um, in no quarter have I or artistic finance been beating the market. Um, now, Katie and my tray showed us investments last quarter. They may have beat the market. Okay. And also, I just want to talk about a little bit of a higher purpose. You know, I'm not a religious or spiritual person, but Sometimes I'm like, why am I picking these investments? And the reason that I'm doing that is because working in live events and working with freelancers, I want to encourage other freelancers and other artists to invest. The best way I know how to learn things is by getting some skin in the game. And so that's what we did here. And am I going to make mistakes? Yes. Could somebody else do it better than me? Yes. But I'm taking some ownership here and trying to make my money work for me. Another reason I'm doing this is to do away with the stigma that people in creative careers can't talk about money. 
because not only can we talk about it, we can handle it on our own. So you don't have to have a financial advisor or a robo-advisor. You can do this all on your own. And you can listen to Amy's upcoming episode because she does it on her own and she's really good, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and the other thing is that money is not plastic straws or like villainized as these things that we should do away with. And I think we should do away with them. But that doesn't mean that in every situation, like a plastic straw isn't helpful. Like it can be helpful sometimes. And the same is with money. It can be evil, but it can be used for good too. Energy going toward making it this bad thing is energy spent worthlessly because you can make it work for you or do something else with that energy that's not sort of being pessimistic and just villainizing people with money because the reality is money translates into goods, services, all this. And so if we ever hope to retire in this capitalistic society we're in, we're going to need money to sort of help pay for all those things when we ourselves can't do them. So anyway, that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> and so now let's get to those investments. And Katie, could you update us on where is the market in this world we're in today? Yeah, so uh, we've obviously seen a lot of volatility over the last year or so. I'd say probably from last quarter, we're still down depending on what you're looking at in terms of indices and, and the overall market. But generally over the last one month, I'd say in October, we've started to see a little bit of rebounding again, but I'd say for the year still down typically in a downturn right now. Always, always. Um, all right. So in my attempt to talk less, how about my tray? Since Ebony's driving, my tray, can you just read off the list of things that we invested our 6K in? Sure. Yeah. So we invested in the S&P 500 ETF and we invested in a handful of individual stocks in commodities, tech gaming, and an electric company. Um, we invested in Bitcoin. We invested in a case of wine and REITs and art. And Maitre, just out of curiosity, how do you think we've done since last quarter where we were already down? <laughs> yeah, I think we're probably down more from that, probably. Um, but as Katie said, um, we have been coming up hill a little bit. So hopefully that's a good sign. Um, we probably haven't lost as much this quarter as we did from the beginning to end of the last quarter. Uh, Ebony, do you want to weigh in? How do you think that we've done this quarter? Um, I would also say that you uh, you would be down just because of all the... I feel, I feel like we are now on the on an uptick, but I also know that there's been a little uh, fear and talk about uh, the recession. So I, I know that that definitely impacted stock. All right, Katie. Um, so you, uh, spoiler alert, outperformed the market last time. So you probably have a positive outlook. How do you think we've done? <laughs> I would say, um, I would still say probably that I would imagine we're down from last quarter across the board. It's been a rough couple of months. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know that because I'm with Ebony. Like I'm not paying attention to the news, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, Amy, you're just joining us. So you have no idea, but maybe you'll be you know, positive here. How do you think we've done? Um, well, I, I can bring a positive outlook because I am a long term investor. And so uh, when the markets are down, as long as you don't sell and you hold, you still have a great opportunity to end up on top. So you may be down right now, but I have a, a good feeling that you will you will be up later. All right. OK, I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, all right. So overall, we are down nine percent 
from inception. The S&P that we own is down 3%. The stocks that we picked are actually up 15%. um, And one of those stocks is actually down 94%. So somehow all the others have done well enough that we're up 15%. The REITs have done 1.8%. And those were like steady chugging for a while. Like they were, I think, 4% the last time. So 1.8 is like low for them. Bitcoin, my favorite, is down 65%. Every single time I'm like, it can't go lower. Well, it's now lower. <laughs> I think it's 10% lower than, than the last quarter. And then our wine is at 8%, um, which is down from previous as well. And then our art doesn't really count because we bought a piece of art. So we don't we don't count that. So I could dig into these, but I don't really think I have much. The only thing I'll say is that the Bitcoin we bought at the high of 66,000 a Bitcoin, and now it's at 20,000 a Bitcoin. I don't know what the opposite of perfect timing is, like completely imperfect timing. <laughs> we did the opposite of the, the best thing. And then our wine. So our wine, that's another one of those weird things. And we're going to get to this with Amy's investment choice uh, soon. But it's like wine, they have a chart and it's like a steady chart and then it'll go down. So I don't know what makes it go down enough, but it's pretty steady. But that's a thing like until you sell the wine, we don't really know what that's going to be. And then I just did want to mention that the REITs, I did because those pay dividends. So each one of them, except for one, is paying a 5% dividend. So I actually took the dividend money and reinvested it. So I now have like three more shares. And actually going back to the S&P 500. So I'm doing that through M1 Finance. And that will reinvest the dividends automatically, but it has to reach $25. We're only up to $16 in dividends. And then for the art, the painting is just still existing as a painting. (laughs) We're down 9%. Um, the S&P 500 um, is down 3%. So we're still trailing the market. If we count the S&P 500 as the market, we're still trailing at 6%. That doesn't sound as bad as 9%. Does anybody have any observations from this 18 months that we've held and how we're doing? Um, I guess the main takeaway is, you know, Amy alluded to the, the long-term investing strategy being kind of the way to go. And I feel like if you react to these numbers too soon, it's just not it's not going to do you well. It might do you well like one out of 100 times, but normally it's it's not going to um, get you the returns that you want. So it's better to just hold on to things and see kind of how they perform um, over time and just let the market do what it does. So OK, OK. You're not saying get out of the market. OK. Um, Ebony, do you have any takeaways from watching this all unfold? Um, I was just going to say like your restraints to not uh, sell has been uh, admirable. So it definitely has inspired me to be like, okay, we can sit here in this uncomfortable phase. So uh, yeah, I think just just knowing and like trusting like my trade said that this time it might be bad, but if you, if you sell, you know, you may not get uh, the most out of it. So knowing that there are a couple of times where you could sell and do well, but oftentimes you're going to do worse. I love it. Uh, Katie. Yeah, I, I'd say probably on similar theme to what my Trey was saying, like it's, I think probably just reinforces that it's really difficult for any one individual person to beat the market. And if somebody knew the secret to that, they would be much more successful, have a lot more, um, money than a lot of people do who who think they can. So I think, yeah, like the buy and hold strategy is always a safe one. And that's going to be the best way to get the most returns versus trying to 
time the market and and do things real time. All right, Amy, I know this is your first time with us, but do you have any takeaways from this? You know, I concur with what everyone else is saying. I I am curious to see kind of how the different asset classes play out because they're all very different. You know, Bitcoin's very different than S&P 500 and and things like that. So it's interesting to have them combined and doing an overall percentage because I'm sure that skews it a little bit compared if you were doing them comparing one to one. Yeah, yeah. I noticed this time that none of the investments have been doing well. So like, even if I was really good at picking the right things, I probably wouldn't be doing well right now because it seems like the market's down everywhere. Like Bitcoin is down. I guess wine is steady and real estate is steady, but even real estate is is going down, has gone down. And yes, the stocks I picked are up 15%, but one of them is down 95%. So I guess that's comforting to me because it's like, well, even if I had put everything into Bitcoin or if I had put everything into the S&P 500... I would be more or less roughly where I am now. Okay, so should we sell out of any of these positions or reallocate? Does anyone <laughs> think that? And I'm going to I'm going I'm assuming everybody's going to say hold, but I'll ask anyway. So my Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I I just uh said that my takeaway was to just hold on to things and see how they go. So, I guess I'm going to have to say, yeah, just Hold on. And I think more importantly, um, like keep putting money in, um, which sounds and feels really counterintuitive. But I think that now it's really scary to put money in. But if you do put money in, you know, you're coming in at a lower point and things kind of tend to average out over time. So so that's what I would do um, instead of taking money out. Taking a break from our interview to mention our Patreon page. Now, the show is free, and that's intentional, and we provide a space where any artist can ask any financial question, and we'll get them an answer. Now, there's no fear of shame, stigma, or guilt, and providing that free of charge is important. But there are ongoing costs to keep the show going, and those costs are offset by you, our patrons. Today, I'd like to give a special shout-out to our newest patron, Travis McHale. Travis has been the associate lighting designer of more than 10 Broadway shows, designed various off-Broadway productions, fashion runways, national tours, and cruise ship productions. Thank you, Travis, for taking your hard-earned money and supporting the work we're doing here at Artistic Finance. So if you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Now over on Patreon, this week is a conversation with Maitre about I-bonds and tips Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. In addition to supporting artistic finance, part of our mission is to give back to the entertainment industry. And we do that by supporting more than 30 artists and arts nonprofits with monthly contributions. If you want to join us in this work, please sign up at patreon.com slash artistic finance. I also want to take a minute to mention ACT Entertainment, ACT is the sole rep of Ayrton in North America, and they're going to be showcasing the Ayrton gear at LDI. They're also coordinating the Women in Entertainment Lighting session. We're working with Ryan at ACT Entertainment, who sent us this message. ACT Entertainment is proud to support Ayrton's goal to raise awareness of the Women in Lighting organization and expand their global network across the entertainment lighting industry. Please visit us at our LDI booth number 1223 to pick up a free drink ticket for the Women in Lighting reception we are hosting at the LDI Circle Bar from 5 to 6 p.m. Friday the 18th, immediately after the Women in Lighting panel. See you there. And now, 
back to the show. So now let's get to the new investments and let's start with what's probably the safest investment during all this time of war in Ukraine and protests in Iran and new prime minister inflation, which has been going crazy. So Maitre, you invested in bonds. How is that all doing? Well, I did lose value on the corporate bond that I bought, but that's kind of expected because the rates have been um, going up, like the federal government's been pushing the um, interest rates up. And so the interest rates on the bonds have been going up. And when that happens, then the prices go the other way. So it's like this weird inverse thing between um, interest rates and prices um, on bonds. So like the prices come down, but it depends on what you're doing with the bond. So I'm not going to go and sell the bond tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be holding on to it. And so for me, all I'm interested in is getting those payments every six months. And so that's going to happen. I don't think that the company I invested in is going to go under. So it's a very big company. So um, that should be fine. And then I also invest in the I-bond. That's also, it's kind of the same thing. Like you just hold it and then you keep getting the coupon payments on it. But I did read that the interest rate for this newly evaluated term is going to be coming down quite a lot from the 9.6 that everyone was buying into. Um, It's going to be coming down from that. So uh, you can't quite get that deal anymore. But yeah. (laughs) But so but you bought it when it was the 9.62% interest. When it goes down, then your your interest goes down as well? Or are you locked in at that 9.62? You're locked in for the short term. I need to recall like how long you get locked into that. I think it's six months. They reevaluate it. Yeah. As Amy said, like every term. Um, So it will come down to whatever it is now. But I would have gotten the 9.6 for the last one. And then I get all of the payments out when I cash the bond out in the end. Okay, cool. So, and also with the corporate bond, you bought two. So let's say each one's $500. So if you bought the corporate one for $500 and now the price of that bond has gone down, does that mean you could buy it somewhere else now for $450? I could buy the bond somewhere else for a lower price, yeah. Then that might change in a little while if the entire interest rate environment changes. Um, There are other macroeconomic things that are happening now where there's a shortage of buyers for treasury bonds. (laughs) So that's kind of been a little bit on the radar um, for the federal government. And if they, you know, reverse course on what they've been doing the last few months, then my bond position might be good. So it really varies based on kind of what the overall market's doing. So say you bought it at 500, no matter what, when it expires, you get that 500 back plus the interest I get back not what I paid for it, but the par value. So if the par value is like $1,000, which is usually what it is for corporate bonds, I get $1,000 back. And then over the period of time until I get that, I get these coupon payments. And so if it's like 8%, then I get you know 8% of the $1,000 um, every six months. And then at the end of that, whole term. So if it if it matures in like 2028, then in 2028, I get my $1,000 back. It's a little funky. Yeah. 
But the interest accumulates. Like you can't access it until you sell the bond. Right? I can get the coupon payments for this corporate bond just like in my account, and then I can reinvest it into something else or whatever. For the I bonds, I think I'm getting all my interest payments for the I bonds at the end, like when the bond matures or when I cash it out. So for the I bond, you just hold it until maturity, and then you get your principal and your interest. Yeah. But with the corporate bond, so I think you said you, you bought a JP Morgan Chase. I did, yeah. So presumably you have a JP Morgan account and in that account, the interest goes in there. I have a Schwab account. And so I bought it on the Schwab kind of like marketplace that they have. Um, and so any interest that I get will go back into there. Um, and then I can choose to reinvest it. Can you reinvest it into the same bond or do you have to buy the bond like one at a time? Yeah, there are minimum amounts for buying an individual bond. Um, so if I get enough of a payment, like if I bought enough JP Morgan bonds, and then I got the payments from that, and then I could buy a new JP Morgan bond with all those payments, then that would be good. But um, if I don't have enough, then I can just invest into something else. But I can't invest it like into more of the same bond because it's just one. And you said par value. Is par value what you bought it at? No. So price is what you buy it at. And so you can buy it above the par value or below the par value or at it. So I think I bought above the par value. So that would be like at a premium. I get the amount, just the par value back. But then I get all of these coupons. And there's some things that... Like it's advantageous to get a bond higher than par value for um, taxes or something that people pay a lot of attention to for that, for buying bonds like more than the par value. Um, but the par value is usually $1,000 for a corporate bond. And that's just what you get back at the end. Very confusing. <laughs> it took me a while to get <laughs> my head around it. So, yeah. Um, so is there any way for you just for a uh, lay person, me, if you could say between last quarter and this quarter, like what percentage up or down you went with the I-bonds and or the corporate bond? I'm not sure um, how I'd evaluate the I-bonds, but for the corporate bond, um, it, the price went down by like 60 bucks or something like this. Um, and so I want to say it was like a five-ish percent loss. But again, like bonds are funky and weird. So um it's hard to put that into context, but yeah. Well, I like the sound of that because 5% sounds almost like 9%. So I'm Basically, feeling good. Yeah, it's right in there. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. All right, Maitre, if you don't have anything more, Katie, I'm going to move on to you. Um, so for anybody just tuning in now, uh, Katie did very well last quarter. We were all happy for her. <laughs> um Katie, remind us how you did last quarter and then how is your investment doing now? So last quarter, I was up 20%. I don't know why. <laughs> I got very lucky, I think. So I had invested in two mutual funds. One was a rising dividend fund and another was a value fund. I also invested in PayPal as an individual stock. Last quarter, I think everything was up but the funds had done a little bit better than PayPal had. Now I'll say everything is down from last quarter. So I'm about like 3.6% down for the quarter, but I'm still like 15% to date. So 15% up. So 
haven't lost um, all of my games yet, which is nice. I, just like anybody else, I think all across all three of them, they were lower than they were in the previous quarter. So nice. So all combined, you're up fifteen percent overall. Yes, yes, that's right. Sorry. Um, were any of them? I assume the the two funds are like down less than PayPal. Is PayPal down like a lot? Yeah. So PayPal is down about eleven percent, I think, from last quarter, and the Funds were only down like between one and three percent. All right, so up fifteen percent. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I'll take it in this market, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I no, it's great, and it's also I think both of yours were paying dividends. So yeah, so my dividends were for across both of those. So like PayPal doesn't pay a dividend, but the funds were reinvested into new shares for both quarters, slightly more than I started with. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, good work. Good work. Um, Ebony, uh, I know you're driving. So, you know, you presumably picked an investment. What is that investment? Yes, I did. I actually uh, went with Tesla. Um, I did a conference with Mr. Elon Musk, and uh, he was very convincing. Um, And so, yeah, I I put my money uh, all all in Tesla, hoping that he makes it to the moon. Uh, and then there are Teslas on the moon. Ebony, I love you. <laughs> I, I love everything about that. <laughs> so convincing. He was so good. Um, okay. And just to clarify, no Twitter. No Twitter. No. I, I wish that I had gotten Twitter because uh, I know that it's doing very well right now. But no, yeah, just just Tesla. Um, and can I ask you when you when you got it and how has it done since you've purchased it? Um, I got it maybe about four months ago. And when I checked it last, it looked like I was up maybe about uh, like three or five percent. Okay. Um, I was trying to look uh, earlier while I was driving, but yeah, it. Uh, I, I think right now it's doing pretty well. So uh, we'll see now with how like Twitter and everything. But yeah. Oh, Ebony, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and just to clarify, you're not driving a Tesla, are you? No, but I, I uh, have been uh, been eyeing them. So I feel like I I need to make the jump soon. It would it would help me, but I think today I would have had to pull over to charge it. Yeah, <laughs> and also I'm just gonna say cars depreciate faster than anything else, so you're better buying the stock than the car. All right, noted, noted. And and Emily, I assume Tesla doesn't pay a dividend. No, yeah, no, currently. Okay, okay, all right, okay. My trade's up five percent. Uh, no, wait, you were down five percent. Oh, uh, sorry, my trade's down five percent. Katie's up fifteen percent. Ebony's up. with Tesla, a very sexy pick, if you know what I mean. So, Amy, you're up now. And I'm not going to lie, this is an investment that I've been looking forward to. And I tried to convince some of these other panelists to actually invest in what you did. And nobody went for it. They said it was too risky or something like that. So, Amy, what is your investment? So I have invested in Masterworks, which is unlike your individual art piece, which has its own value and uh, you know the the enjoyment of looking at it. Masterworks is basically a, a disruptor in an asset class that has historically uh, been unattainable unless you have a disposable income of millions of dollars to buy a piece of classic artwork. And so, what Masterworks has done, they were founded in 2017, and they have basically 
uh, created a model where they buy the physical artwork and, and store it and then sell shares of the artwork. They make it an IPO by registering it with the SEC and then selling it as a, basically a public company, shares of a public company. So it works very much like a stock, um, but you can buy individual shares of you know, classic artwork. So Picasso, Keith Haring, Rothko, Banksy, basically anything that's at least million dollars and upward uh, because artworks that are over a million dollars typically have a more predictable performance rate. Did you, when you purchased it, because I looked into it for the, uh, for the artistic finance 6K and I think you could buy like as low as $500 worth. Um, is that how it works still? Is it like $500 increments? Yes. Yeah, so it, it, your initial investment is a $500 minimum, but then once you're a, an investor within the Masterworks platform, you can buy or sell shares of an artwork at any time. So I own two paintings right now or two, sh uh, well, like 40 shares of my paintings, right? And I can sell one of those shares at any time within the platform to other investors that are already investors. But your very first piece is a minimum of $500 or whenever a new work goes on sale. So they have a primary market and a secondary market. So if they purchase a new work, they put it on sale to the Masterworks investors, and that usually has a $500 minimum. Then once a piece is sold out and all the shares are sold out, then individual investors can uh, buy and sell shares on the secondary market. When did you buy them? And I guess, how have they done? I know this is impossible to track, but like, how have they done or what, what has been your experience since you've owned them? Yeah, so it is a little bit harder to track. Um, I bought um, a, a Kasuma uh, pumpkin, her pumpkin painting. Um, I think it was March 2021 when I got that one. In eight years, it has appreciated 21.7%. Uh, since I bought it a year and a half ago, it's um, it has gone up 19%. And then uh, I bought that, I bought uh, $500 worth of shares when I bought that. But since you invited me to this and everything was $1,000, I did purchase a second piece just to watch it. And so I actually purchased this today. I bought a Bridget, a Bridget Riley, her piece Tinked from 1972. She's a, she's a uh, huge in the op art scene. Um, and so I bought that piece. I bought $500 worth of shares as well. And that piece is actually still for sale in the market. We're 75% sold. So there's still 25% of that piece is available to Masterworks investors. Uh, and then when that sells out, it'll, you know, go into the secondary market, like I mentioned. Got it. Okay. So you bought secondary shares of the first one. I bought primary shares of both. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So just out of curiosity, I'm sure this doesn't work this way, but could I create an account, log in and then buy some shares uh, off of one of yours? Or would it not quite be that direct? Originally, and I'm not sure if this is still the case, you needed an invitation to become a Masterworks investor because they're limiting how many people could join. It might be open now, though. I think that might have just been like a startup kind of platform. Um, so we'll have to check on that. But if you did join, you would have to buy, I believe you'd have to buy a, a primary piece first to become like a fledged investor. And then at that point, you can buy individual shares. If you're up 19% on one and let's say 0% on the one that's selling right now, can we say you're at 10%? <laughs> well, I'd like to say that, but I actually am going to still push this upward because the Bridget Riley piece uh, is, is appreciating at 18.5% right now. 
you know, because artworks, they're they're sold over decades. You know, this piece is from 1972. It has a history. And so it's it's not a new purchase per se. It's new to me. Um, and it's new to the, you know, it's new to the Masterworks collection. But historically, it's at about 18.5%. So I think I'm really around the 19, 18, 19% mark just immediately. Okay, this is fantastic. And this because I was thinking if you bought Masterworks, you pretty much had to wait for it to sell. And that's when you would realize your gain. But it sounds like with that secondary market, I could actually like get in and out like in a year's time if I wanted, regardless of whether the paintings sold. You can and that's true. You can you can come in and out whenever you like with your individual shares. But uh, like many strategies, the long term is usually the, the better the buy and hold strategy is going to pay off with higher returns. And so typically for a classic artwork, you're looking at a three to seven year hold is going to be your, you know, your, your best return. That's awesome. I, okay, so I can't wait to track these because you actually bought art. Interrupting the interview to mention our partnership with Ayrton at this year's LDI conference. We are hosting a panel of lighting designers discussing the finances of freelance careers. The panel is made up of architainment and controls designer Amy Deluxe, Broadway designer Jen Schriever, and lighting guru Marsha Stern. Now this year, Ayrton is sponsoring Women in Lighting's entertainment division. The Women in Entertainment Lighting session will be in the afternoon following our live recording. That's going to be at 3.30 p.m. and I'll be there myself. Now afterwards, there is a happy hour sponsored by Ayrton, so we'll have time to hang out and say hello. We've coordinated all of this with Linnea, who is Ayrton's Women in Entertainment Lighting representative. She sent us this message. Ayrton design and manufacture innovative LED and laser source moving lights for indoor and outdoor applications in concert touring, theater, studio, installation, and architecture. Ayrton is a proud sponsor of the international support and networking project Women in Lighting. Ayrton's primary aim is to raise awareness of and expand the network across the entertainment lighting industry. Go to womeninlighting.com and sign up for the entertainment newsletter to learn more. Male supporters are welcome. Ayrton is exclusively distributed by Act Entertainment in North America. And now, back to the show. So, that's everybody's investments. This is super cool. And I just want to say that we started out with 6K, and now Katie bought 3K, uh, Maitre bought 2K, Ebony bought 1K, although it's a little unclear how much Tesla she has over there. <laughs> and then Amy brought in 1K. So we're now the Artistic Finance 13K. So we've really ballooned this. <laughs> Just for the record, like a half investment unit for a Broadway show, like is a 25,000 would be like a low investment unit, but half of that would be 12,500. So now technically we could all pool and invest in a Broadway show. We're not going to, we're all long-term holders. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually kind of into that. No, I'm actually kind of into it. Uh, maybe I can talk some other folks into it. I'll do that. Or, or or like in five years, when we, we all like finally sell out, having made profit because we held for so long, um, then we can all go and invest in the show together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, this is just wrap up now. So Maitre, is there any Bond news going on that we should know about? Yeah, I mentioned this a little earlier, but basically the treasury bond market is slightly chaotic right now. Um, first... At the beginning of COVID, um, the government bought a bunch of treasury bonds, and then the inflation got high, 
and then the government sold a bunch of treasury bonds and now they don't have more buyers <laughs> that will take their bonds. Um, so they're uh, struggling with what to do at this point because there's still a lot of these weird metrics like unemployment and inflation and everything that need to be kind of kept in check um, so that we don't completely tank. Um, so people are concerned about what's going on there. And then um, the yield curve, which I think I've talked about in a previous episode or two, um, basically it's just this indicator that is very tied to treasury bonds that um, can kind of help people to understand where the market's at is showing that uh, that the waters are getting a little choppy. So I think we've got to hold out for, for a little while longer for this, this downturn to to come back up. <laughs> um, but that's what I've seen in the bond world. So Okay, so is, is right now uh, a good or bad time to buy bonds? Ooh, that's tough. So I think right now is an uncertain time, <laughs> is probably what I'd say. <laughs> um, if you're looking for the long term, you know, it's probably not the worst thing. Um, right now, the interest rates are at a higher point, right? So if you're buying in, then you basically get higher coupon payments throughout your time that you're holding the bond. So that can be a good thing. But then if you want to buy and sell bonds, um, now may be a kind of a dangerous time to do that. So I would defer to Katie for a more detailed analysis as well. But yeah, that's a, that's what I've seen. All right. Also, Amy just said that October 28th was the time to lock in the 9.62% interest rate for the I-bonds. So does, does that mean now it's 6%? So it actually, the rate ends on October 31st, but since it takes a few days to make your purchase, they suggest that you start your purchase by October 28th to lock in that rate. So November 1st, I believe is, or at least the week of November 1st is going to be when it would be announced. So I'm not actually actually sure what it is now, but. So, but still, even now, if you were to buy it at 6%, that would still be beating uh, my investments. <laughs> Okay. All right. Ebony, are there any investments or jobs on the horizon that you're excited about or watching? Uh, yes. Uh, I would say investment wise, I've definitely been looking more into like real estate, like actual property to, to manage. So that has been uh, where most of my focus is going. So I'm hoping that I can, I can start shifting to like physical um, elements. Interesting. Tesla and physical real estate. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> um, also, Amy just said that, yes, now if you get an I-bond, it is 6.89%. Um, Katie, any investments or financial news that you're watching? I would say there aren't any particular individual investments that I'm watching. I'm generally relying a lot on the advice of my financial advisor right now, but I am trying to periodically buy throughout the throughout the down market we've seen so like every few months i try to call him up and say i'm looking to buy some more just because i know it's a good time like we've talked about earlier it's a good time to buy in even though it's a sometimes a scary thing to do but um i know in the long term i'll be better off for it so katie i have a question about that like are you you had mentioned that you've been continuing to invest uh, and so I'm curious, like, if it's been, like, large investments or, like, a little bit of everything. Because I, I know I've been doing little. 
amounts here and there and other things. Yeah, but, I'd uh, say I'm doing a little bit of a time. Like I build up like the cash in my investment account for a while. And then I will typically call my financial advisor and say, I'm looking to use this amount. And I'll kind of rely on what he says as far as like, oh, let's spread that across a couple of funds or let's do like an individual stock and a fund here. So like I'm I'm relying a lot on that advice, but I'm typically kind of designating a certain amount like every few months. And it's not a ton. I try to just, yeah, like build it up slowly and then make a purchase like every few months. But And you're not putting it like back into everything. You're you're putting it into like specific things that you're aiming for. So like sometimes it just depends on, again, like it kind of depends on like his opinion and what I've been watching. Like sometimes I do start to find stuff or something pops out at me and I'm like, hey, I'm looking to get into this. Or sometimes I'll just ask for his advice and he'll be like, oh, I still really like these funds that you already have. Let's just go back more into those. Um, so, um, Amy, what financial or LDI news or any news are you following? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, as far as the financial goes, I know I didn't talk about this at all, but I'm a huge VTSAX girl. So when the market's down, I usually put my money there. Um, Masterworks is a little bit more of my like funzy experiment. Um, and again, like it's a long term. So uh, it does historically have rates of 20% and upwards. So I'm, I'm happy to see where that's going. Um, but I will definitely be um, purchasing more VTSAX index funds. Um, and yeah, other than that, I'm just getting ready to go to LDI. I'm super pumped and excited to, to see everybody and it's the annual reunion that's back in play. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, and the only news I'm following is that the artistic finance newsletter came out today, but Nicole's doing that. She's doing a great job with that. And yes, LDI is only two weeks away. Amy and I will be there on Friday, November 18th at 1130 AM. But then Amy actually has another session at 3.30 p.m., uh, the Women in Lighting panel, and you're going to be talking there. So you can see Amy twice if you're a real Amy fan girl or boy or human. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you can connect with everybody on this panel um, the, on social media via the links in the show notes. Um, Everyone will have their LinkedIn there, though. Ebony is more of an Instagram, so maybe don't LinkedIn with Ebony. I so have anyway. one more thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot to say this. I I, um, I did look it up while we were live, and uh, I I have invites, so I can invite anyone to Masterworks. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> All right. So if anybody wants an invite to Masterworks, Amy is your person. I am kind of interested in this. So Amy, you may get an, an email from me because I'm yeah, I can just um if your emails are in the show notes, I can just send you the link and you can just check it out. You don't have to join. You can just check it out if you want. Yeah, send it send it to me too. <laughs> so I'm curious. Amazing. Um, all right. Thank you all for uh your time and your energy. And hopefully we'll see you all back um in February for our third quarter review. And then of course Amy and I will be at LDI. So thanks everybody. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for the 6K update. What do you think of these investments and this experiment? Are you enjoying it? And have you learned anything? And have you picked a $1,000 investment that you can add to our 13K of investments? If you've picked an investment and you want to run the experiment in sync with us, 
let me know by emailing me at artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com. You can also email me there with any comment or question. Again, that's artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's the number one way to support me and the show. Sign up at patreon.com slash artisticfinance. For those that want to help out but aren't ready to be a patron, you can pay our fee for listening, and that fee is to tell somebody about the show, which is the number one way that we've gotten new listeners. So to everyone who's already mentioned Artistic Finance, whether it be in person, via email, or via social media, thank you for doing so. However you do it, I'm exceedingly grateful. That's it for today. Until next time, break a leg. Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance. Make sure to subscribe. To access our show notes, transcripts, or resources, go to artisticfinance.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Artistic Finance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.